for Random Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball, your host, Mark Overman and Clay Cates. Well, welcome to the first ever uh, Wyoming, uh, Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball. Uh, with I'm Mark Overman, and this guy over here is Clay Cates. Clay, how you been? Oh, good. Just got through the holiday season and uh, this latest bout of freezing weather. Yeah, here in Gillette, we both got snowed in here, so it's been some nasty weather, so... Anyway, on uh, today's show, we're just going to kind of, this is going to be a, our first show. We're just going to do kind of a state of the union on where Wyoming Cowboy basketball is on the season. Now is a perfect time for it. We're on the, we just got done with the non-conference season and we're on the precipice of the conference season. So on today's show, here's the things we're going to try to talk about. If me and Clay don't get off topic, we like to ramble from time to time. So we'll try to stay on point here. Um, so we're going to give a kind of an update on where we are with all the players and the injuries and all the, the latest information that we have on that. Uh, we're going to talk about how uh, Edward's new plan is to go to a, a more Shia style of play and what that might entail. Uh, I mean, then we got to kind of address the elephant in the room. Is Edwards the guy? I mean, you know, or does he get a free pass this season? Kind of talk about that. Then we're just going to kind of go over some the last four games, uh, the Denver overtime loss, the East Tennessee State loss, the UTEP loss, and then the Dixie win. Just kind of give some highlights on that. And then we're just going to kind of give an outlook for, you know, what we expect in conference, you know, what's kind of on the horizon of things to come here. Uh, so now I'll just kind of give you an update on some of the players. Uh, Luol Dung was, a you know, one of our junior college players. He left the program. He's moving back to Australia. Uh, to play professional ball over there. So that's one of the guys we lost. And uh, as Clay, I kind of think that's a big miss. When you when you bring a junior college transfer player in, and you're expecting them to, you know, give you something right away, and he wasn't playing at all, and now he's gone. So, I mean, that's a – I think that's a big miss by Edwards. What do you think on, on well, that? Well, it is, and, you know, you always hear the talk about bringing in some guys. To, a lot of programs, that's half their team is – is transfers and things like that. So when we, yeah, it's like Nevada. I mean, yeah, yeah, we bring it to Wyoming and we expect that player to contribute right away and be able to come in and step on the court and, and, and you know, be a productive player for us. So yeah, that's a big hurt, big miss, I think. Uh, so that was Doug. He's gone. So that that's one guy down. Uh, Austin Mueller, uh, I know he's kind of been a malign player. He played a lot of minutes. A lot of people didn't think he was that great or not, but. He's out with the torn ACL, so he's gone for the year. Uh, so that's a big miss. Uh, and then we have the mystery situation going on with Nye Redding. So Nye Redding was the starting point guard for Wyoming. And then uh, there was a report that he was indefinitely suspended, and no one knew why at first. And then there was a mystery report, a, a poster on one of the boards that said that he – hit three girls and put one of them in the hospital. And then there was kind of talk on that. And then it was later reported that all he did was flip somebody the bird. So this is just kind of a, what the hell's going on here, Clay? Well, that's a good, good question, Mark. I, I don't really know because I don't think anybody uh, has anything official out there, but uh, yeah, that's a big loss. And uh, it'd be nice to, just as a fan to know what, what is actually happening and is the suspension legitimate because is flipping the bird 
uh, an indefinite suspension, it surely doesn't sound like it. No, it doesn't. And we still haven't, after the initial, you know, release from Wyoming that's saying he was indefinitely suspended, we've heard nothing from the University of Wyoming. I don't know if it's one of those things they're just waiting for the legal system to play through, kind of like with Gaffon for the football team. Like, because weren't they just waiting for the legal system to play through before they ever made a decision with him or? Yeah, it's hard to say because when you look back at some of those things like Gaffon or even Luke Martinez back in the day, you know, it it seemed like those things were kind of cut and dry in some instances and they're gone. And and uh, this one seems to have a little bit more mystery. Yeah, I mean, if all he did was flip somebody to the bird, you'd think he would be back by now. Or So, yeah, there's something more going on there. Well, you'd think a police report would be the you know it'd be black and white well yeah what did you ever see that or what did you hear anything on the police report didn't it just say i've only heard talk of but it it only mentioned like the flipping the bird didn't it it's getting a fight it didn't mention anything about hitting three girls and putting one in the hospital i think that was just some i didn't overzealous poster on the board on one of the boards there uh yeah so that's reading and then uh i think now here's the, the big two that are kind of the latest two injuries that we've had uh hunter maldonado uh he was dealing with back spasms, and then in the Denver game, going up for a rebound, he kind of got undercut, and he fell to the floor. And I'll tell you, Clay, I was at that game. It was the oddest situation ever. He laid on the court. I mean, it had to be eight minutes, and it was just like, I mean, get a wheelchair out here. Get a stretcher out here. He just laid on the, the court for like eight minutes, and he was kicking his legs. And, I mean, you could tell he was in obvious pain, and it was just like two trainers out there with him. Uh, it was the it was it was I mean the whole arena was quiet and it was just it was awkward in there I'll tell you. Uh, so he's out. The initial report came back that it was like uh oh I mean I don't know it was his something wrong with his back but I don't know if it was the fifth lumbar or whatever it was but <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a medical medical man here Clay. Uh, so the initial report was that he was out at least four to six weeks. And then I didn't hear anything. And then at the the uh, Dixie State game, which was our last game, he was in a walking boot. And that was kind of weird because he hurt his back. Why is he in a walking boot? So after the game, it comes out that he also had a sprained knee and a sprained ankle. And he didn't have feeling in his feet because of the, the back injury. And that's starting to come back. So uh, Edwards in the postgame uh, press conference said that the plan is to redshirt him and that he'll be eligible for a, for a redshirt, a medical redshirt. So he'll come back as a, as a sophomore next year. I think that's a, that's a big loss of this team play. What do you think? Well, it's definitely a big loss for this year because he was scoring almost 14 points a game. He was an effective player for us. And um, you know, when you see a redshirt or possible redshirt coming up, I mean, of course you look to the future and say, well, you know, we have something for the future still to look forward to. But as far as this year, this team, that's a huge loss for those points and the yeah, play. Yeah, I mean, he was the second overall best player, I think. I mean, he he just – he was a jack-all-trades. He could drive. He could – I mean, he just has a high basketball IQ. He'd always find an open man. I mean, he was one of our better rebounders. I mean, by no means is he a, a low-post banger type, but he was just a gritty guy that would was willing to go down there and get rebounds. And, I mean, as you've seen with this team, this team – He's all the help they can get on rebounding. That's one of our biggest weaknesses. Yeah, and his energy, too. Lose that. 
Yeah, so uh, so that's a big miss, this uh, big loss for the rest of the season. And then in the UTEP game, and this was this was kind of an odd situation. Uh, this is, well, this was the tournament they had down in uh, Texas. It was like in the it was called like the Sun Bowl or something like that, and there wasn't very good coverage on it. So I, I wasn't able to watch these games. Uh, I guess he got hurt during the middle of one of the games, and then after the game, there was I mean like nobody knew about it, and Edwards didn't come out and say anything about it. So it went like somebody finally mentioned it on the board that, oh, Hendricks got hurt in that game. Whatever happened to him? And it was kind of like, oh, Hendricks was hurt. And then about a week passed. And, well, I guess he left the game on crutches, so they knew it might be something serious. Uh, but a week passed by, and they, I mean, there was no news out of Edwards or Wyoming on what happened to him. So it's kind of another mystery. Uh, this this team likes to play things close to the vest, it appears, on these situations. But, after the Dixie's game, he came out and it said that this is from what I heard, and this is by no means official. Uh, but I thought Edwards said in the postgame presser that uh, that Hendricks had the same injury that Naughton had, and that it was a torn LCL, uh, and that they were also going to try to redshirt him. But unlike Maldonado, because Maldonado missed a couple games during the middle of the season. So he hadn't played all the games. So he'd only played eight games and that's under the requirement to get a red shirt year. Uh, Hendricks had played all 11 games. I think it was up to that point. So he has to, they have to put in a waiver to get a red shirt year from him. But that's what Edward said. The plan was, was to put in a, a medical red shirt waiver. So he would come back next year as a junior as well. Uh, Clay, this is another, another big loss, right? I mean, well, you're talking an average of 11.4 points a game. Uh, another good player, another productive player for the team. And it is, I agree with you, it was kind of mysterious once again. Um, sometimes it's hard to tell in Edwards' rotation and stuff. A guy will come out of the game and, and yeah, you don't sure. know if it was just because he doesn't like how he's playing. or his He gave Edwards the wrong look that day. Yeah, or? but sometimes the rotation's uh, just a little bit odd. And so you don't, and then when you don't hear anything and then, you know, people are asking questions and nobody knows, it just is weird. But, but yeah, huge loss to the team. I mean, just him and Maldonado together, you're talking 25 points a game on average there. And that hurts a team that's kind of struggling to find their identity like Wyoming. And I think another real factor with Hendricks that's really going to hurt us is, I mean, he's our best three-point shooter. I think he was shooting over 40% of the season. And that was on a lot of attempts. And, not, I mean, I mean, we're going to jack up threes like everyone knows. But, I mean, it's when you lose your guy that's one of the only guys hitting them, I mean, that's a that's a big loss for us. I mean, it's really going to clog those lanes and just make things harder on James. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so then the next thing that came out, and there's another another mystery for you, is that uh, true freshman, one of the, the prep school guys we got, Tyreek Johnson, uh, he played in the, I believe he played in the East, I think he played in the UTEP game. Uh, it was either the East Tennessee State game or the UTEP game, one of the, our uh, two of our last three games. He played in one of those, and then it came out that, then he sat the next game. I can't remember what it was. Sorry, that's, can't remember exactly when it was. Uh, but then he sat the next game, and I was like, well, why didn't Johnson play? Uh and then it came out that he's got a mystery illness of some kind and that uh, 
that they don't know what's wrong with him. He's just been fatigued lately, and he's out indefinitely until they figure some things out. So, I mean, he wasn't playing much, but he was kind of a young guy. I mean, all these young guys, you know, it's kind of that unseen potential, so you don't know what he got. But, I mean, with the loss of Johnson, this gives us only seven scholarship players. So, I mean, just by being a healthy body, I mean, it was a big loss. Well, and anybody that's on the team is expected to be ready and be a role player. And then when you start losing guys and that next man up or those guys that they're going to have to put in some minutes. And once again, I guess the whole thing, Mark, is it just seems like there's just a lot of mystery on this team. There's mystery things going on, uh, all the things we've talked about, but yeah, it's, it hurts you, especially when, you know, it's an illness. We go back to like when, you know, when Nance had his illness back in, in time there and, and we yeah. knew what it was and, and you yeah, kind of get an idea when he's going to come back. But I mean, when you don't know what it is, it's a mystery. You don't know when he's going to come. Well, this kind of, this kind of reminds me of the situation last year. I don't with, uh, with Anthony Mack where he had the, he was just, well, he was out with a concussion, but it was like, I mean, a concussion, you think of a concussion. First of all, concussions in basketball aren't like, you know, as common as like in football, you know, I mean, it's not like an injury a basketball player you think of when you think of a concussion, at least I don't. Uh, and then he was like, okay, he's got a concussion. What's he going to miss a week or two? And then it's like two into three weeks, three into four weeks. And it's like, oh, we're going to set him out for the season with a concussion. It's like, I just, I just, that was, that shocked me, I guess I should say. So I don't know if this is something like that. I mean, obviously it must not be a concussion. They would have said concussion, but just. Yeah, that's frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating. That's a good report. So, so with all those injuries, uh, Wyoming did add a walk-on player. Uh, Casey Henry is a, he played, he's a local boy. He came from Lingle, Wyoming. I don't need, is that 1A, 2A? Do you know what that is, Clay? Uh, it's, I, I don't know for sure off the top of my head. It's got to be 1A. Where is Lingle? I don't even know. Uh, it's Lingle Fort Laramie, so <laughs> wherever Fort Laramie is <laughs> down there. Uh, so, and I tried to look him up, but I couldn't find his stats. There was one article that said, you know, Casey Henry's joining the team. I think he was, I don't know if he participated in track at Wyoming, but there was something, something I saw that he was involved in track, and I don't know if that was at the high school level. Uh, but I, the staff that showed has said, you know, it said he like averaged four assists and two steals a game, but it didn't mention his points. So, I mean, obviously, I wouldn't expect him to play. But when you're down to seven guys and a couple guys get in foul trouble, I mean, a guy might have to come in and play. I mean, yeah, it's I. I mean, once again, another mystery. It's a guy that's hard to find some stats on or just any kind of information on. Um, you know, as much inter- information that's on the internet and everything today, it was still hard to find. Uh, yeah, I couldn't even, I even actually tried to find some of his high school highlights. I couldn't find it. And, and Mark, if you can't find it, then nobody can. <laughs> I know that for sure. Uh, so a little bit of good news. Uh, this is kind of the last in- update on some of the player, uh, player news is that looks like Jordan Naughton's kind of starting to get back to full, full strength here. He, uh, he played in that uh, tournament down in Texas. He kind of played the first couple games. He played like 10 minutes. He played like 15 minutes. And then this last game against Dixie State, he finally he played 25, scored 12 points, had like five or six rebounds. So he's kind of getting back in the rhythm. And, I mean, we need all we can get. You know, I mean, 
and he's a 6'10", 6'11", you know, a true post player. So that 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 could be potentially some, you know, that's a good guy to get back at this time of year. Well, and if you look at, um, you know, like we talked about earlier, going back to that Shiat-type offense, slow things down, uh, play more defense. He'll be around the boards a lot. And uh, But what I really like about him is there's times where he just gets the ball and, and he just gets in this on a roll. And he, yeah. gets, and, he, and he just starts scoring points and he kind of becomes the man down there. Hopefully we can see with a limited roster, I mean, we're going to have to we're going to have to force guys to, to be the man to there's, there's only seven, eight guys. They're going to have to step up and really be impact players. I mean, Nod's been kind of a, a yo-yo player. I mean, he'll have one up game, like or it looks unstoppable and then he'll disappear for a stretch of games and then he'll come back, have a decent game, get injured. So he's never been a consistent guy, but to your point, I mean, there has been some, some games and I mean, I was probably against some lesser competition, you know, but, where, I mean, it just seemed like he couldn't be stopped. Like, just get him the ball down low, and he could just do whatever he wanted down there. Now, I mean, it's, we'll see if that's, you know, something we go to, but I think I think he's got a real chance to, you know, have a strong finish to his Wyoming career here, and uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, so this is kind of interesting. Uh, we were talking a couple weeks ago, and some of these injuries are starting to happen, and you – Clay had mentioned to me, he's like, man, you know, maybe maybe we should go back to that Shia style. You know, we, we're losing all these guys. You know, it's just a – kind of give me your theory on that, Clay, why you were kind of thinking of that before it actually came to fruition, that they did decide to want to slow things down and go to that Shia ball. Well, if you just look at all the the games we've been playing, we've had a lot of high-scoring games, and it just seems like we have a hard time. We get in this mode where we get seven, eight points behind – and it kind of goes up to 10, 12, 11, something like that. And then we can't ever close the gap. And, um, you know, that focus on defense of just keeping that game lower in the 60s. Um, I, I just think that when you have less players, um, you know, I, I think that helps you rotate guys. It helps guys understand their role a little bit better. And, you know, you're asking less of them you're asking more of them in terms of what they have to do, but less of that full game. I mean, you just can't, when you run the court and you play a fast game, it's just hard on your players. Well, and I, and, not to interrupt here, Clay, but yeah. like when you, you play a fast game, there's just so many more possessions, so many more wider range of outcomes. I think when you slow it down and I mean, it just limits the other team's chances to score a bunch of points. Yeah. So, I mean, I, when you play a Dixie State type team, it might keep a lower level team in a game. But the opposite is true. When you play a Nevada type team, it might keep you in that game. I think that's kind of the theory behind. Yeah. Well, and I, I think when you go back to the, the Shiat era, um, the one thing I can always count on is that we were going to be in the game. Yeah. When there sure. was five minutes to go, we were in that game. We had a chance to either. I mean, we might win or lose, but it's going to be a close game, and it's going to come down to the last couple of possessions. Every game, I always felt confident in that. And that's what we need to get back to, really. And I know, I think, I mean, I think anyone that watches Wyoming basketball follows it closely would say, you know, uh, Shiat uh, is a much better in-game coach than Edwards. You know, I mean, he, 
And that's to be fair. I mean, he had more experience. He's an older coach. Edwards is a first time coach, you know, hopefully finding his way. Uh, but, uh, but I was going to point out this last year, I think, I don't know the exact number and I, I apologize for that, but just kind of your point, like in those last five minutes, you know, you know, it's going to be a close game. So let's just say we can keep it close in those last five minutes. My point was, well, people will just be like, wow, yeah, well, shy it. You know, he's a good game day coach. That's why we could kind of pull those games out. Edwards, you know, he don't know what's going on. We, we'll, we'll lose those games. But if you look back to last year, I think, and like I said, I, I mean, I might be misquoting this, so I do apologize, but I think Wyoming either it tied the single season record of all time or just was a tie for the last season's record. But I think we were like 4-0 and in overtime games last year, 5-0 and or 6-0. and I mean, it was a kind of an ungodly number that we were. I mean, so, I mean, there's got to be like, – I mean, it could just be a coincidence, but, I mean, they were able to find ways to put, put away games last year in those tight, close games and overtime games. So, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you could say we keep it close in those last five minutes. I mean, maybe there's some hope. Well, and, you know, I do believe that um, when you when you minimize um, – yeah, when you minimize what the other team can do and and you put pressure on them to have to try to score and do some things a little bit different than they normally do, it helps you. But it, it really focuses your team more on what they have to do um, to get that one shot, to get that last thing. And, and uh, you know, uh, but I just wanted to – one thing I wanted to bring up with you, Mark, is just kind of, you know, looking at Edwards and – you know, I mean, in some of these games, and I know he's had a lot of injuries and everything, but, um, you know, <laughs> is it going to help him having seven, eight guys with his rotations and things like that? Will it help focus him more? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's always been one of the most, I mean, probably the biggest complaint that I've seen fans have is Edwards' rotations. Like, he's not playing this guy. He shouldn't play that guy, you know. It's like. When you have seven guys, I mean, you don't really have much choice. Everyone's going to be playing, you know, 20 minutes a game. Everyone's not going to be, you know, just kind of looking down the bench that night and be like, oh, am I playing tonight? I mean, I mean, this really could, I mean, uh, take it with a grain of salt. This really could benefit some of those players that you know you're going to play. But when you know you're going to play, I mean, it just changes your mindset, your attitude. I mean, yeah how you practice what you think about when you're not playing driving on the way to the the gym uh you know your workout your weights whatever they're doing to prepare i mean you see yourself as a a player that's going to contribute tonight and of course i think it just helps everybody focus and you know get a mindset and i mean i will point out that it was a couple years back when uh when csu had I mean, they had a bunch of injuries and some guys leave the program. And I think they had to shoot. They had to hold like open tryouts for like walk-ons and stuff. But I mean, they were, I think they were a top three or four team that year in the conference. You know, they really, I mean, they really, I mean, obviously Larry Stacey, the coach for CSU then, you know, really good coach, say what you want about him personally and whatnot, but I mean, good coach. So, I mean, that was a big factor in why they were able to be successful, but I mean, Hey, just 45 minutes down south, we saw what can happen when you have seven guys, you know. I mean, you're not out of it, you know. You got a chance. I, 
for sure. It, 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 like I said earlier, it just focuses each guy. And, and uh, you know, the only problem that you would ever have with that is foul trouble or another injury yeah, for or sure. something like that. Uh, you know, some hey, people might another say, injury. Don't even, don't, stop, <laughs> don't jinx us here, pal. Yeah. But, uh, but the big thing, you know, that people think is that, you know, you get taxed, but I mean, you rotate guys or, you know, seven is actually a, a pretty consistent seven or eight is a pretty consistent uh, depth that you see yeah, a lot I of mean, teams play. You might eight see guys is usually, guys, I think but they won't get my, yeah, I think eight guys is kind of usually that a lot of teams play with an eight man rotation. But one thing I didn't want to mention kind of back to that shot at ball because I forgot as this could be a big difference is because when shy was the coach, the shot clock was 35 seconds. Now it's down to 30. So I mean, I, I don't know how that's going to affect it. I mean, do you have a, a well, thought one way or the other, if that's going to make it harder to play shy ball, maybe you can't with the 30 second shot clock. Yeah. Well, the, there's two ways to look at a 30 second. Okay. You have to play defense for less time. So you can buckle down. You don't get quite as, um, yeah, exhausted on defense playing and another put, five seconds. Yeah, you can you can force them to do specific things that um, that burns time and it, and it puts pressure on them to get a clean shot. The other end of it is it also, you know, I remember a lot of times with Shiat, we wouldn't even get a shot sometimes because we were trying to burn that whole clock. So oh, yeah, it just forces you to be more focused on what you have to do. Sometimes you have to run sets. And sometimes you just have to be aware and make sure you don't get locked in the corner or get trapped somewhere that's going to, you know, hose you when you, when you have to get a shot at a good shot. Yeah. You gotta get good quality shots. And that was a major problem with those shy teams is just, you'd have just jacking up shots at the end of the shot clock. And that really hasn't been a problem under Edwards because we're playing more fast. I mean, you take the first open look now, that's not to say we don't take stupid shots, but, um, and that kind of leads us, I mean, we've kind of been hovering around the topic, but the elephant in the room, I mean, Edwards, I mean, that's the elephant in the room right now, Wyoming basketball. I mean, is he the guy? I mean, I've kind of had an open mind about him, and I was kind of more on Edwards' side to start the season. And now I'm probably more on the other side thinking, man, he might not be the guy. Uh, but this has just been such a crazy season with all these injuries. I mean, does he get a free pass now? Which you know a lot of fans aren't gonna like. You know what have we got to what do we got to see going forward to for Edwards here to gain a little faith in him to be to show some hope here that he's our guy. Well, you know I think you you got to look at um, you know you got conference play coming up, and are we competing? You know I know we've had some injuries, and, and you're right. I mean we we talked earlier we've lost just at a minimum 25 points of scoring from two pretty good players. Um, not to mention you lose your starting point guard who, you know, does some other things for you. And so um, I wouldn't just all these things happening in the preseason, I wouldn't judge him on that yet. Um, and, but I, I like the fact that he says, Hey, here's what, here's what we've got. We've got seven guys now, eight guys, whatever. And and I'm going to try something. I'm going to, I'm going to do something about it. I'm yeah, going to go, go the shy ball. Yeah, we're going to make some adjustments. We're not just going to take it and, and do that. I like that. I like what I'm seeing there. But, I mean, let's look at our conference here. We've got, um, I mean, the only teams with 
winning out of conference records right now are Nevada, Utah State, Fresno State, and San Diego State. And then it started. San Diego State is kind of squeezed by some, some yeah, not so great opponents to, to get that record. And going in, uh, there's nobody with a, a real win streak other than Nevada, who's ranked number six in the nation, of course. But but I see some potential right there. I mean, half of the conference right now has a 500 or lower record, and of course we're in that too. Yeah. We start tonight with a team that has one more win than we do. So there's at least no reason we shouldn't be competitive. I mean, if yeah. So I mean, there's no reason we should, you know, go 0 and 18 in conference or whatever. No. You know? no. And if I, we do, I think then we need to be looking. Yeah, and so we got to see. For a new coach. You know, as far as going in right now, I mean, I I think it's fair to say there's a you know maybe the top three or four teams that are consistently been up there but i i think we definitely need to shoot our sights towards being you know four or five in the conference and then see where he's at we still have a good team and we still have players that are, are decent enough i agree with the injuries and that's in now i think i mean <laughs> i have a hard time seeing us get to four or five seed play i <laughs> Well, I would love to believe it, but well, but okay. So, think you might be getting old, big in your britches, no, but, there, but, but maybe let's just say we should compete with the mid to lower teams. Yeah, there's no and once and when we play at home, we should you know we should be more competitive at home. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, that kind of begs the question. I mean, what? So Steve Alford, the coach at UCLA, just recently fired, former co- coach in New Mexico. I mean, I know that's a pipe dream for a Wyoming fan. I mean, I'm not saying he's the greatest coach in the world, but, I mean, what would you think about something like that? I think that's something I would like to see either Wyoming football or basketball. Go get that guy one time, you know? Because when you get down to it in college athletics, it's – I mean, I'm, you got to have the players, but who gets the players? It's the coach. If you have the right coach or a big name coach, I mean that can make up for a lot. I would love, and I, I mean I just don't know if it's ever going to happen in Wyoming, but to not go cheap on a coach or not even go okay, we'll go with the the conference averages. Why don't? I mean I would love to see Wyoming make a splash higher for once. And I mean we've tried. What's the definition of insanity? Trying the same thing over and over and over again and getting the same result, and that's all we do. We keep. You know, we hire these mid to lower guys, these kind of upcomers, you know, these cheaper guys. I mean, one time go out there and get a big hire. And if it doesn't work, okay. You know, at least we tried it once. But well, I think it kind of goes, you, you hear the, the, you know, phrase or comment, lightning in the bottle. We're always looking for that, you know. I think, um, you know, and, and since we're talking all sports here, I mean, in football, it, it's not too much to – set our sights on being as good as Boise State's been. In basketball, you know, right now we've got a, a team ranked number six in the nation in and, and Nevada. Is and they as, came out of nowhere. They were trash just yeah, a couple years ago. Or even San Diego State, who's consistently been at the top and ranked. And, and I mean, it, it, there's no reason why we can't be at the top of our conference. Are we going to, uh, you know, be nationally ranked in the top ten in basketball every year? Probably not, you know. But – I mean, there was a few years there where San Diego State had just consistently been ranked, been in the tournament, and there's no reason that we can't be that at, at Wyoming. 
a, a, a guy like Steve Alford, he's a big name. He's He's been, what, at UCLA, New Mexico, played at uh, Indiana. Coached uh, at coached Iowa. Coached at Iowa. I mean, he knows people. He knows players. Um, and he, he knows high schools and different places that continually produce these prospects and these, these people that uh, are good players. And he would be a, in my opinion, for Wyoming, a splash hire and a guy that would have connections enough to bring those big name players. Yeah, I mean, I know it's unlikely, and it's probably we're just wasting our breath even talking about it. But <laughs> that's fun to dream about. I mean, I mean, I'm not a, I mean, it's not like I'm a huge offer guy. I just, I would love to see us go get a guy like that one time. I mean, it's... well, and there's all those things, you know. We always hear, see it on the boards and stuff. That, you know, we we can never afford him. We had to buy this guy out. We have to buy it. You know, there's always that frustration of those things in there and uh you know i i don't know it's uh yeah just one of those things i'm just like uh can we even financially do it i don't know you just accept mediocrity that's your problem (laughs) i don't i don't no that's the there's a reality to us a little bit sometimes but all right well that's maybe we'll break down i mean that's going to be the conversation all year edwards we'll i mean we'll we'll talk about that all season uh, let's just kind of go over some of these last four games here. Uh, I know we've been running a little long, but let's let's get into some of these games here. Uh, we probably don't have to go in as depth as much of them, but just give some kind of highlights. So last four games, uh, kind of starting this four-game stretch, I was kind of hopeful. I was, all right, you know, we've had some injuries. We've had some ups and downs, but, you know, we've got some winnable games here. I mean, Denver at home, they're not very good. And then, boom, we lose to them 90 to 87 in overtime. In a game where it seemed like they got every single rebound, every shot they missed, they just got it back, got second, third shots. Uh, Maldonado gets hurt during the middle of the game. So, I mean, it just kind of took the air out of my sails in that game. I really, after that, I didn't really care if we won or lost. I mean, obviously, I wanted to win, but, and then we go to overtime, forced overtime, and then we got beat 90 to 87 in a game where I think they went like 20 to 20 from the free throw line or 16 to 16 of the free throw line. So, yeah, I just got to ask you one question. What is wrong with our free throw defense? What is wrong with our free throw defense? Why are we allowing teams to go 16 for 16 against us? Well, I don't know. I mean, I just think it's one of those things. And, and in that Denver game, it, you're right. It just some, There's just some games. We both played sports. And there's just some times where no matter what you do, it goes that other team's way. And, and you well, know, I think they, part of it is – I mean, when teams play Wyoming and there's much, they just, they don't fear Wyoming. So they kind of, I mean, you, you play a Nevada team, you get the same open shot. You're a little more nervous because you know, you got that doubt in your mind. You're not going to beat this team. I think, I mean, it's one of those things like momentum or where they're unseen, you know, you can't really define them. But I think when you just play a lesser team, you just kind of play better because there's no, there's less pressure. And I think that's, one of the things, I mean, Wyoming is a bad team, and they're probably going to, you know, get some opponents to play a little above their level because they're playing a lesser team. That's kind of what – sorry to ramble here. That's kind of one of those chicken or the egg things. Do they elevate their play because you suck so bad or, you know? Well, yeah, and it's that or they know you're, you know, you're not that dominant team. And then, you know, you also look at just not having – you know, you don't really have a home court advantage like, you know, maybe in some years past where, 
I mean, you don't think those 500 fans in the arena auditorium are giving the Wyoming Cowboys a big home home court advantage? Well, I love that yellow, that color in the lower <laughs> bowl there, but I don't really like the fact that I can see it. You know what I mean? So yeah, those are yeah. some pretty I mean, chairs. There's other there's other factors like that because you you have to admit it. If if a place is packed and like we go to some places oh, yeah. and that place is just packed and it's hard on our players when you have to hear all that noise and they're shouting every little thing and their fans are especially their students are just you know yeah, I mean, too, yeah. yeah go to duke go to kansas go, yeah, go to utah places. state yeah go to utah state yeah those i mean they're just screaming at you the most uh worst things you can ever hear in your life and and it and if you don't think the players may hear all that stuff but they hear it and uh and well I, you know you can't hear our fans from the nose well shoot we don't get students to show up at the game and here's one i mean i didn't want to harp on this because just one of those things that we on the boards we've talked about it a thousand times and what's wrong with the fans and why are fans coming but what really just i mean it just it makes me so mad is half of the half of the fans there don't eat students included Half the fans don't even stand when they're introducing the home team. I mean, have you ever seen something like that? Go to any, I mean, go to a junior high game. I, I would imagine most fans stand when they introduce the home team. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. It's just the apathy for the this program right now. It just it sickens me. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's not justified, but man, it's just disappointing. Well, and it's just, it's unfortunate. I think there's just a disconnect in, um, you know, generations and how they were high school fans and then they go to college and they, I mean, they just do it differently and who knows why that is, but I will tell you, and um, you know, as well as I do, that the only thing that changes that is winning. Oh yeah. And people, people get attracted to uh, and it's not going to just thing on campus. You know? I mean, it's going to take, it ain't going to just take a 10 and six conference season. It's going to take, to get this ship turned, it's going to take, you know, thirteen and three. Or I mean, it's going to take, it's going to take something special to get the fans back at this point. I think because right now it's just at such a low level. I mean, cool. we're getting destroyed. I mean, I think we're low. I mean, I'm no means blaming this necessarily on Edwards completely, but I think the fan apathy is actually lower than it was in the at the end of the Destroyer era. I mean, more people were showing up at the Destroyer era at the end of it than they are now. Well, and yeah, I agree with you, but it just. Yeah, I mean, when you look back, I mean, I just look back at some of our great teams, and it was exciting, you know. I mean, just our recent tournament team from a few years ago. I mean, they were Dunk City, and that just got people excited, and they were dunking a lot, and they were winning games, and they. I think were, it was Dunktown. Oh, Dunktown. Sorry, I, I always say. Laramie is not a city. If you've been there, you know. <laughs> Dunktown. That. Yeah, I know. I get it. It's been a few years since I heard of it. Um, but yeah, just I, I mean, you know, and then that year with Josh Allen and the, the year we kind of turned that around, that was just, it was really fun. And it started, there was some excitement and it kind of brings fans to it when you start winning and things start happening. And, and that unfortunately is the only thing that I can think of that'll bring fans back is something exciting. Yeah. Winning. You gotta win. Uh, all right. Let's talk briefly about this East Tennessee state game. And I would probably just gloss over if it wasn't such an epic disaster in the first half i i've never seen something like this and i didn't get to watch this game just to be honest but just kind of following on game cast and clay kind of caught this game a little more than i did but Wyoming shot one of 26 in the first half 
Yeah, that's not a misprint. You didn't mishear me. Wyoming made one field goal in the first half of this game. We shot one of 26. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a three-pointer. I, <laughs> I think Thompson had a three-pointer. Nate free throws. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we were down like 40-something to 11 and a half. Or 43-11. 43-11. Uh, and I think, and well, the one highlight in that game was Thompson. I think, what, Thompson hit like seven or eight threes, didn't he? Yeah. At one point, I think he was either seven for seven or eight for eight. He was something like that. And he missed one. So we ended up losing that game 76-53. I think in the second half, we did pull it within 11 at, uh, with like seven and a half to go or something. And then James missed a three. And then and then after that, I mean, we just kind of blew our wad or we just kind of. Yeah, we did. We we certainly just, I, I mean, right there, you either go one way or the other. And uh, we, we had it down to 11. If we make that three, it's in single digits. And then it puts pressure on East Tennessee State. But um, then what they did is they came down and hit two, two threes back to back after we missed our three or something like that. And then next thing you know, the game was just back out of control. And I think in that game, just kind of some interesting stats, I think outside of Hunter Thompson, who was like seven of eight from the field, our team shot 18.6% outside of Thompson. He was a one. Uh, Justin James, what, what was he from the field of that game, Clay? Three for 21. Three for 21. I don't think that's going to get it done from your best player. Not from our best player. And that's kind of a – I mean, I know this team's been bad, and I know there's been injuries, and I, but most nights, I mean, everyone wants to keep saying, oh, Justin James, he's a NBA player, you know. he's a He could be an NBA player, like – I mean, you can't go three to twenty-one. I mean, yeah, I'm not. I love James. I think he's a great player. I think, you know, he has some great games, and he can really be, you know, the difference maker. And he could be an all-time Wyoming great. But I mean, you can't go three to twenty-one. I mean, you know, if you're three of twelve, you need to find another way to like. Okay, I need a rebound tonight. I need to get Hunter Thompson the ball more. I mean, he's seven of eight. Why isn't he shooting fifteen times? I mean, well, and. You know, when you kind of look back at, uh, you know, some of our players, even James, uh, when he gets to the free throw line, he finds different ways. That's a different way to score. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember uh, Josh Adams was the same way. He may be having an off night, but he'd get to the free throw. Yeah, and James and, does do that. I And that's, you know, but the the thing that you can't continue to do when you're just struggling is just keep hucking it up, either get it to somebody else or find ways to get in the lane and kick it back out. But I mean, you have to find other ways to make things happen. Well, I think his big problem is just, I mean, he's more of a, he's more of an eighties player. I mean, he's got a sweet mid range game. Yeah. His mid range shot is, you know, gorgeous, but I mean, you're moving back three, five feet to the three point line. And it drops his shooting percentage down dang near 40%, you know, drops 40% from just six feet closer. Uh, so I would just, I'd like him to just, I mean, I know that's not the way basketball is and it's a three point game. I mean, you look at the Houston Rockets in the NBA. I mean, they're, I mean, I don't know how much you follow. I know you're a Clip, Clipper fan over here. Uh, so he does, no, they're good this year though. Uh, no one talking about that. But anyway, the Rockets, like they refuse to shoot mid range jump shots. Layups, dunks, three-point shots, that, you know, that's all they do. So I know that's not the style of basketball now is to shoot mid-range shots, but 
I think I'd like to see him take two or three less mid-range or three-point shots. Take two or three more mid-range shots. You know, it's just it's a better shot for him. It, it is, and he, when he gets in there in those little mid-range shots, he he's almost deadly. Especially if he's kind of around the like the free throw. Yeah, line. free throw. That's what's yeah, he like. is just deadly right there. And I've always thought that, and and I don't know. It's a mindset as a basketball player, but I mean. That's what you have to do is just realize where you're effective. And James just needs to realize, and I know it's hard because you're right. The three-point line is such a big deal. To and it is a game changer. I mean. it, it is. A three and compared to a two just seems deadly. But I'm telling you, that guy, he's so good from and, range. And there's something to be said, like, I mean, losing all these guys. I mean, it weighs on a team's – I mean, I know the fan doesn't think about this as much, but it weighs on – Losing a Redding or a Mueller, who we might not think are good players, but when you lose a teammate like that, I mean, it can, I mean, it just drops, you know, you you lose energy, you, you know, you feel sad, or, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying the right word here, but. Well, you do, and, I mean, you got to realize that during the season and the off season and working out and all the practice. Yeah, it's a brotherhood. I these mean. guys, yeah, they become like brothers, and you're missing your brother out there, the guy that sticks up for you, the guy that's you know, pushing you to get up and eat right and do all those things basketball players have to do. And then when he's gone and uh, yeah, there's a definite hurt to the team. So, I mean, I'll give him a little leeway. I don't want to be too hard on the guy. I mean, I love the guy and I think, you know, he's going to hopefully finish strong here. Uh, Let's just briefly, we don't need to talk about this one too much, but because I don't think either one of us were able to watch it, but just kind of, we, and then after the the East Tennessee State lost, and the next game of that tournament, uh, we lost to uh, UTEP 76-65, down by eight at half. And then it was just one of those games where we could never get over the hump. And then I think we ended up losing by 11. Well, we did lose by 11, 76-65. Uh, I just want to – one highlight in that game was, you know, A.J. Banks really played – that was one of his first games where he really played extended minutes. He had 18 points, eight rebounds, three steals, three assists. So, okay, in that game, Banks goes off. In the previous game, Thompson goes off. I mean, point being, if, you know, James has a good game, you know, Thompson has a solid – I mean, there's some potential here. I mean, there's talent on this team. Well, and that's what you have to do is, you know, maybe even with a, sh- a shortened roster, we'll find some kind of uh, consistency, but – I mean, when you look back at our wins, just this season or just in the past, just in a few teams of the past years, we we always uh, either a close game or a game we won, we had uh, at least two guys that had higher points, you know, somebody in the 20s, somebody in the high teens or also in the 20s. And then you had a at least another guy in double digits and then some contributors maybe at at the high singles or even another contributor in double digits. So you're going to have to find three or four guys that are scoring the bulk of your points. And uh, I mean, obviously seven or eight guys, you know, you're going to have that, but, but they, you have to have that every night if you're going to win. Yeah. And I think you got, I mean, James is averaging like 22. So he, I mean, obviously if you play a slower style, it's kind of, you know, maybe he won't average 22, maybe he averages 18 or, you know, and then you got Hunter Thompson, who's averaging 12 and a half right now. He could be a guy. Jordan Ott coming back, he could be a 12-point, 15-point guy. 
and then you know you got your banks and you know well and we haven't got to this but we kind of been saying it to the end but then you got a new guy like trace young who could be kind of a guy so yeah. uh i mean well, there's potential there well you know um if you just look at you know what hit a had a good game hit a game winner yeah that's right? a- and and that can springboard you into you know, all of a sudden I'm, I'm the man. I can do yeah. some things when, I, when I'm called to do it. So that kind of gets us down to the last game the Lion played, was, which was uh, Dixie State. Uh, we beat them 65-63. I think they're a D2 school. They're not a very good D2 school. But, I mean, at this point, Wyoming finds a way to win a game. I mean, I'm not going to complain about it. Uh, but so that's what happened. We've kind of been saving this for the end, kind of end this on a positive note, is that, so with all these injuries, all these guys leaving the program, guys getting suspended, uh, they pulled the red shirt off uh, Trace Young. He's a freshman. He's one of the prep school guys, 6'9", 6'10". He's not a banger. He's not a low-post guy. He actually calls himself a point forward, so he's more of a guard. But he's got some height. So they pulled the red shirt on him. Uh, his first career game on his birthday. So this guy – Kind of had the heck had the best day of his life. Uh, scored 16 points. He went six to ten from the field, four seven for three. Hit the game winning three. Uh, so maybe there's a guy there. Uh, so kind of that game. I just kind of talk about the very end of it. Is I think we were down. We had two possessions. We were down. I think we were down by one, and then there was like th- 40 seconds left on the clock. James drove the middle, kicked out to Thompson, had a wide open look, shot, missed it. I mean, it went in and out. It was a good looking shot. And then they got the rebound, and it was under the shot clock, so we had to foul him. Uh, and this was very unwilling like. We got the we got a lucky break. The guy missed two free throws. So basically ran the same play the next time. It, was, it started with like 12 seconds left. James drew the line, drove the lane. Kicked out to Thompson. Thompson had an open look, but he kind of saw Young's guy sagging off onto him from the corner. So he kicked it to Young. Young kind of gave the sly a little pump fake. I don't know if that was like a, a planned pump fake or he just didn't know if he wanted to shoot it. And kind of got his the defender that was charging him, kind of got him, you know, off balance or off, you know, kind of so he couldn't contest the shot. And then he popped the shot and then went through with like 0.3 seconds on the clock, game winner. Yeah, good start to your Wyoming career, I say. <laughs> yeah, you can't start any better than that on your birthday, hitting the game-winning three, and just uh, just the way it all went down. It, it's a positive thing. I know D two school. Um, a lot of people think you know we should just be able to show up and beat those guys, but um, you know a lot of factors go into that. Um, those guys, from yep, Dixie those State, they do. That this is their uh, NCAA tournament championship. You know they're they're going to come and try to knock off a division one team and and the other thing is is um, you know we're just really searching uh, you know with all the injuries all the changes all the ins and outs wins and losses I, I mean we just haven't had any consistency of anything um, you know and so a game like that can happen even at home against a lower division team just because we haven't really solidified who we are yeah. So I, I really believe that that's a good way to, to end the non-conference season. And, and hopefully tonight 
that momentum will carry over and um, you know sneakily just in a way um, after hitting that game winner I just kind of hope that turns him into just somebody that thinks hey I did it and now I'm gonna I, I yeah I can springboard his career yeah, off to I something. can do it I can be a, a, a big time contributor on this team yeah, no, I think, I mean, there's some hope there. I mean, it kind of begs the question, why was he redshirting? I think kind of the thought, you know, I mean, I don't know this. Like, I've never talked to Edwards, but the thinking there, I think, was that he was kind of a similar player to James. And but when you had James and Maldonado and Hendricks and TJ Taylor, I mean, there's a lot of wings there. And he didn't know if the minutes were going to be there for him. So, I mean, I think that was kind of the reason of redshirting. Like, he said it was never a talent issue. But I mean, I mean, you'd like to think if he was a stud, he wouldn't be redshirted regardless. But I mean, there's hope there, and he looked good, and he's he's six ten, he's athletic. I mean, he's on the skinny side like every other Wyoming player. But I mean, well, I guarantee that the minutes are going to be there, barring anything weird. Well, and that's another thing I found just utterly confusing, like because obviously we've mentioned it already in this show, but like the rotations for Edwards, it's always confusing. So this guy's redshirted all season long. He plays – not only does he play the first game, he starts and plays 30 minutes. It's just like – I mean, that was so un-Edwards-like. It's like normally that guy comes in off the bench, plays five minutes, hits a three, gets pulled, never see him yeah. again. It's like – so maybe yeah. we're seeing some changes out Edwards. Well, maybe he's got to realize if he's got it. I mean, what what we, what do we score, 16? Is that what he scored? Yeah, 16. 16 points. I mean, you know – Maybe saw a hot hand. Maybe just saw something in his play that that uh, you know earned him out. to be to start in that situation is a little odd, but uh, to keep playing, you know, if he's scoring 16 points, he's contributing. So I, yeah, I and he was official. Yeah, any coach would do. Well, watch that. He won't start against Boise. You just watch. Just watch. <laughs> um, I can see. That. So that kind of, I mean, this. So conference season starts. Uh, one more thing I just wanted to mention is kind of like you were mentioning about getting up for a D2 team and you never know that's their Super Bowl we're taking it easy you know it's just like this is a point in the season right here right now where we're turning over a new leaf conference season starting there's no reason all of our guys this is their Super Bowl now you know I mean this is I mean this is one of the, one of the last reasons for some, a glimmer of hope I should say like if they come out the next four games and they're the same team they've been over this this first, thir- you know, 12 games or 13 games or, I mean, then it's going to be, you know, just a kick in the shorts. But, I mean, if they come out with a re- renewed energy, you know, I mean, this is a, a point in the season where our season could start to turn for um, one way or the other, I guess. I mean, well, and just with all the newness this year, I mean, conference season doesn't really, I don't know necessarily it defines us. You know, you kind of expected there might be, you know, who are we going to be this year? It was just kind of a weird year to go in. But the one thing I will tell you is, um, you know, conference. You have um, our schedule there, Clay? Can you look at our schedule? I'll look it up. But but conference does define you. It, you know, it it puts us in place. Because right right now when you look at the conference standings, everybody's zero and zero. But if you you look at the. Yeah, it's a new season. But I mean, but four and nine we, doesn't matter if you start off one and oh. Yeah, if you finish, you know, like we talked about, the four or five seed might be in too high with my sunny side yeah. look at things. Um, you sunshine pumper. <clears throat> yeah, I am. But but what I will tell you is, uh, I, I think that 
the conference is what defines you. It's what you, it's why you play that, that first part of your season is to get ready to be able to go in and defend your home court and play your rivals and do all those things that uh, conference is all about. So um, yeah, this is, this is where the rubber meets the road and this is what these guys are putting all the work in. And kind of like we've talked about this before, you know, Wyoming was never going to get an out, you know, uh, uh, at large bid, you know, I mean, even the season we started 14 and 0 or whatever, we, we didn't, I mean, obviously that was a Luke Martinez incident and that season crumbled, but I mean, Wyoming is usually not a program getting that large, but so it comes down to, you know, winning a conference season title that might get you in, you know, I mean, obviously that's not an automatic bid, but you win the Mountain West, you might get in that large, bid. that's the way to get in that large bid, not by, you know, doing good in the non-conference season. Or obviously, you know, building this team up where it's hitting a stride during the tournament. And obviously, you know, that's probably a long shot at this point with the way the season's going, but at least, you know, reason for hope here as we, you know, we kind of come to an end on our first tier show. We just don't want to get too negative right away. It looks like this season might turn out that way, but we want to want to hold out some hope here that get things going in the right direction. Any last thoughts there, Clay? I'm just, just well. I, I think, you know, you, you can look back as a coach maybe to the South Carolina game. Um, you know, uh, you played a team that's from a bigger conference. And they're probably right around the <laughs> mid-level of what this conference is going to be, upper probably, mid-level. Yeah. After those first three or four, you know, three teams. And we won, and, you know, when we win by nine points, we won pretty convincingly in that. It was a close one kind of towards the end, but we put them away. And then yeah, you, I think that was one where we had the lead and they kind of kept getting it within six and then we get it back yeah. out to 10. So it was a fairly comfortable lead. Yeah. And then we end with a win in the last game uh, in kind of exciting fashion. Um, you know, like I said, I, I told you, you know, that might be a springboard for some players. We have a shorter roster. These guys are focused now because they know they've got to contribute. They're going to show up tonight and um they have to play. They have to contribute. They have to, uh, you know, put it put it on the line now. And it's conference. And and you know as well as I do, Boise State coming in is a big deal to these guys. And it's way bigger than Dixie State. Oh yeah. And okay. So I just expect them to come out with a renewed sense of energy. And just... I do. I expect them to defend our home court. And then after this game, we play. UNLV, who's they're kind of struggling. They just had a couple of big injuries. So, I mean, that's in Vegas, and we're not going to get too much into that. And that's a house of horrors for us, other than the 2015 yeah. tournament, but because we never beat UNLV there, it seems like. But starting with a, you know, a five and eight Boise team, then a UNLV team that's kind of struggling with some injuries. I mean, we got a chance to kind of, you know, get this conference season started off on the right foot here. So, reason for hope. Uh, so, that kind of brings an end to this first podcast. What we're going to try to do, and it's tough with schedules and whatnot, but probably try to have one show a week, you know, just kind of maybe, you know, we'll just try to try to have one show a week with schedules. Maybe we'll miss a week here or there, but we're going to try, try to do this once a week here for you. So, all right. Uh, well, we'll see you guys next time on uh, Random Thoughts with Wyoming Cowboy Basketball.
So there you have it. <laughs> a look at Wyoming Cowboy Basketball with your host, Mark Overman and Clay Cates. This has been a Jackalope Bridge production, all rights reserved.